Good morning. We're on the uh, last line of 5b in the um, art scroll. It's 5b4. Um, hey, Amun Bey's the last couple of words on the line. Now, what happens if you do wait for your friend to finish his prayers before leaving the synagogue? You don't leave before he's finished. So what is your reward? says, You merit the following blessings. Shinemar, as the verse says, so this is literally chanted as if you would have listened to my commandments, the word you would have listened, hikshafta, can also be mean as to wait. So it's as if to say, if you would listen, if you would wait because of my commandments, um, which can mean because of my commandments, perhaps that the commandment to stay with your friend while he is still praying. So if you would listen to that, or if you would have waited, then you get these blessings of your peace will flow like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea, and your children will be as many as the sand, and your children, and it goes on to talk more in that verse. Okay, now we're going to talk about a new thing. The reason we're talking about this new concept is because we had just taught we had just taught a lesson from Abba bin Yamin, and this is another lesson from Abba bin Yamin. Tanya, we learned in a bride, Abba bin Yamin, Omer, Liros. If the eye was given permission to see, no one would be able to stand because of the demons. There are so many demons around us, we just can't see them, but if our eyes were given the ability to see a little bit deeper, then we could see all these demons and we would not be able to even stand. Uh, meaning there's just, it would be an overwhelming amount. Um, and now we're going, now that we're talking about demons, we're going to teach more lessons about how abundant demons are in this world. Amar um, Abaye says, They're more numerous than us. And they actually stand around us like a ditch around a mound, and they completely circle us. Each one of us has a thousand of them to our left and 10,000 of them to our right. If you ever feel like you're um, getting squeezed at some sort of public event, specifically a public lecture, that word kala is an interesting word. Um, people would take off work a couple of times during the year to come and here to come to an all-day seminar about an upcoming holiday. Um, that's what a kala is. And uh, so if you ever felt like extra squeezed, extra squeezed at a kala at one of these public lectures, it's probably, and, and there's not necessarily enough people that you're feeling completely squeezed, it's probably the demons that are making you feel like that because they're all around us. Hani birke de if your knees become tired, that's also going to be from the demons. So you're you're walking and your knees, you haven't walked so far and your knees become tired. It's probably because the, those are the demons pushing back against you. Um, um, it, the garments of the Torah scholars and the Torah students who don't really do much that 
their garments should get rubbed out so quickly. If you see that their garments are getting rubbed out so quickly, again, it's because of the demons. They're rubbing against you because there's so many of them. And the feet, your feet that get knocked. Minaihu are also because of the demons. So basically, they're ever-present. They're everywhere. Um, you have to understand exactly what this means, obviously. Um, and uh, certainly, there's a lot of room for elaboration. Now we're going to talk. Now that we're talking about how common these demons are, we're now going to go on to talk about um, about how to actually interact with them, or how to actually see them. If you want to know about their presence, you should take sifted ashes and spread them around your bed. And in the morning, you'll see in those ashes, if there were really, if there are demons around, you'll see little chicken feet footprints. Um, demons, according to tradition, have chicken feet. And in fact, I'm forgetting which movie, but there was a Hollywood movie that that um, painted their monster, their demon monster, having chicken feet as well. Okay, for now we're going to talk more about being able to see them. If you want to see the demons, you should take a placenta of a female cat. A black cat, the daughter of a black cat. The firstborn cat, the daughter of a firstborn cat. And burn the placenta. Nura is in fire, so burn it in fire. And then grind it up. And then put it around your eyes or fill your eyes with it. And then you'll be able to see them. But make sure that the rest of the ash you put in to an iron case. And make sure that you seal it with an iron seal. Um, because if not, then the demon will be able to get to the ashes and that's going to be a big problem, but they can't get to something that's sealed. But also, when you're, when you're engaging in this, when you're engaging in trying to see demons, you should make sure your mouth stays closed in order that you not be damaged. Rav Bibi Barabai Abad Hachir Bibi did this. He did this procedure with the ashes. Chazav Itzik, and he saw the demons, but he was harmed. Bo Rabban Rachmele, the the rabbis prayed for him. Vitasi, and he became healed. Um, so now that we had the last teaching of Abba Binyamin, we're now going to do another teaching of of Abba Binyamin, and this is about uh, back in talking about prayer. Um, a person's prayer is only heard in a shul. This is not literal. There are plenty of sources that a prayer is heard everywhere and anywhere, but perhaps there's a, perhaps um, a prayer is even more easily heard in the synagogue. Shinemar, as the verse says, it says, God who hears the song and the prayer. And then right after those words, it only mentions God hearing the prayer. It's as if to tell us that, that we'll finish that up. In the place of song, that's where prayer will, should be. So in other words, it goes. It starts with saying that God hears the song and the prayer, but then it finishes off with saying, um, which your servant prays before you today, as if to say that, not that God hears the song, but 
that in a place where song is heard, where is song heard? Well, prayer is done in a song-like manner, only in the synagogue, or generally in the synagogue. So it's as if to tell you that your prayer is especially heard in the place where song is sung, which is the synagogue. So now that we talked about the, now that we're talking about the significance of prayer in the synagogue, we're going to go on talking about the importance and the significance of the synagogue in general. said the name of Yitzchak. From where do we know that God is found in the shul in the synagogue? It says God stands in the divine assembly. The divine assembly is a reference. It can be a reference to a shul. To a synagogue. Okay, so now that we started talking about this, we're going to continue talking about where God is found. And for where do we know that when ten people pray, the the shechina or the divine presence is found amongst them. Shinemar for it says that uh, God stands in the divine assembly. From where do we know that three people, three judges that sit in judgment, from where do we know that God is with them, or the Divine Presence is with them? Shinemar, the verse says, It says, In the midst of the judges, he shall judge. So, in the midst of the judges, he, reference to God, so God shall judge. Um, from where do we know that when two people sit together and learn Torah, the Divine Presence is with them? Shinema, the verse says, It says then, those who fear God speak to one another, and Hashem listens. So we see that when two people who fear God are speaking to one another, which is probably about Torah, then God listens. God's right there. Now, that verse... Now that verse from Malachi says it goes as follows: As nidbru yirei Hashem ishareihu vayakshev Hashem vayishma vayikasev sefer zikron lefanov yirei Hashem lechoshvei shema. So we just we just analyze the first part of the verse that says that those who feared Hashem spoke to one another and Hashem listened. The next part of the verse says a book of remembrance was written before God for those that fear God and for those that think about God's name. So now we're going to talk about that. What is that a reference to? That those that think of God's name. Amar Ravashi, Ravashi explains, If a person had full intention to do a mitzvah, but then because of circumstances out of his control, he was not able to actually fulfill the mitzvah, the Torah considers it it's as if you did the mitzvah. When it was completely out of control, the reason that you couldn't do it. And um, where do we see that in the verse? The verse says, A book of remembrance was written before God. And who's written into this book of remembrance? One of them is the person that thinks about God's name, who thought to do a mitzvah, couldn't do it. His action is still written down in the book of remembrance. Okay, now that we, we digressed for a moment, but now we're going to go back to talking about where God is found. From where do we know that when one person sits and studies Torah, um, the Divine Presence is with him? As the verse says, Wherever I permit my name to be said, I will come and bless you. So where my name is being said, that's a reference to Torah study. God comes and is a part of it and blesses the person doing the Torah study.
Now the question is, Now that we know, though, that one person who studies Torah, do what, why then do we need a special verse to teach us that when two people study Torah, God comes to be with them? If we know that that happens with one, then of course with two. So he answered, So the verse that we learned two from was told us about a book of remembrance. So perhaps the answer is that when two people study together, their words are inscribed in this book of remembrances, whereas when one person studies, his words are not written into this book of remembrances. Now, what does that mean exactly? That requires more elaboration because we know that every action of every individual is written into a book of remembrances. Um, so, not for now, but definitely worth discussing. So, we're going to ask the same type of question. If we know that when two people get together to learn we God is with them, then certainly when three get together to judge, God is with them. So you answer, You may have thought that when three people get together to judge, that's not considered Torah study. It's just considered a civil litigation to bring peace between people. That's what we may have thought. The Divine Presence doesn't come. The Divine Presence only comes for Torah. Therefore, we teach you this, that when three people get together and judge, the Divine Presence is there because that is also considered the, a discussion or studying of Torah. Now, if we know that when three people get together, the Divine Presence is amongst them, then do we really need a verse to teach us that when ten people get together, for prayer, that um, do we really need a verse that the divine presence is amongst them? Isn't that obvious? So we answer, Asara Asya. In the case of ten who pray together, then the divine presence comes even before they arrive. That's the novel idea about ten. That's why you need a special uh, verse by ten to teach us this. Plus Adiyasvi. Whereas when it comes to three people sitting together, then the Divine Presence only comes once they have already sat down in judgment. <laughs> okay, now that we had um, taught one lesson in the name of Rav Avin Bar Rav Ada, we're going to teach another one. Amar Rabbi Avin Bar Av Ada, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak Rav Avin Bar Rav Ada, say it in the name of Rabbi Yitzchak. From where we know that God puts on tefillin, Shinemar, as the verse says, Nishba Hashem bimino ubizra uzo, Hashem takes an oath by God's right hand and by the arm of his strength, bimino zotorah, by his right hand as a reference to the Torah, shenemar, as the verse says, mimino eshdas lamo, in, from his right hand, from God's right hand, came the fiery Torah, or the fiery Torah was given to them. So we see that the right hand is a reference to the Torah, so God swears by the Torah, ubizroah uzo, and by the arm of his strength, that's a reference to the tefillin. Shinemar, as the verse says, Hashem owes la'amoyitain. As the verse says, Hashem gives, Hashem will give God's strength to God's people. And we know that that's a reference to tefillin. So we see that strength, or the arm of strength, is a reference to tefillin. So we see then that obviously that God takes an oath by the Torah and by the arm of his strength, which we mean, say means tefillin. So obviously God puts on tefillin. Now from where do we know that that um, this this concept of strength is a reference to tefillin. Uminayin shat tefillin owes himly so. From where do we know that tefillin are the strength are a source of strength for the Jewish people? The as the verse says, 
All the nations of the world will see that the name of God is called upon you and they will fear. What is the name of God being called upon you or reference to? Rabbi Lazar God the Omer, Rabbi Lazar the Great says, These are the tefillin, the head tefillin, the tefillin that go on the head. Uh, the nations will see that and they will fear. And just by the way, in in old times, in the times of the uh, of a Jewish army, the Jewish soldiers would go to war with their tefillin on. So we see though. So ultimately, going back to the original, we see then that God does put tefillin on. And now we're going to talk more about God's tefillin. The tefillin of God. What is written in the in the tefillin of God? We have in our tefillin we have four different um, four different passages that are written. What is written in the tefillin of God? Omar le. So Rav answered. It says, and who is like your people, Israel, one nation in the land? Meaning, it's a praise of the Jewish people. So in our tefillin we have praise of God, and in God's tefillin, God has praise of the Jewish people. Now he asked, Now is God really praised by the praise of when when the Jewish people are praised? Does God take pride in the praise of the Jewish people? So to that we answer, absolutely. In yes, as the verse says, as Hashem it says you have praised Hashem today, and it also says Hashem and Hashem has praised you today. And this is how we understand these words. Hashem says to the Jewish people, You made me unique in this world through your praise. And I'm going to make you unique in this world through my praise of you. And now we're going to show what this means. You made me unique through praise in the world. As the verse says, this is what the Jewish people say about God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And I'm going to make you unique in through praise in this world. By saying, Shinemar, as the verse says, and who is like your people, Israel, one nation in the land. One specific, one unique nation in the land. Okay, so now we know that one compartment of God's tefillin says, um, who is like you, um, O Israel, one nation in the land. But the truth is, is that there are four compartments in the tefillin. So what is written in the other three compartments of God's tefillin? So now we understand what's written in one compartment, but what is written in the other three? So Ravashi answers with several verses. There's a verse that says, for which is a great nation? The Jewish people. Who is a great nation? A second verse. Ashrecha Yisrael, praiseworthy is Israel. That's a third nation, uh, third verse. Ohanisa Elohim, or has God ever miraculously come to take another nation from another nation, to take a nation for Himself? That's another verse. Ulasitcha Elyon, and to make you put you on a pedestal amongst all the other nations. So we see that we have 
that I think we just quoted one, two, three, four, five different verses. So the obvious question is, is that we only have room for three more. We only have three more compartments. This gave us five more compartments. So that means that there's going to be too many compartments in God's tefillin because we assume that it's the same number of compartments as the Jewish people's tefillin are. So we answer, the verses for Kimi Gagado for which is a great nation and who is a great nation. They're so similar to each other. So they're going to put into one compartment together. The two very similar verses of praiseworthy are you Israel. And who is like you, O Israel? Those are also similar, so they're put into one compartment. O Hanisa Elohim, the verse about God miraculously taking the Jewish people as a nation, that's Bechad Beisa, that gets its own compartment. And to put you on a pedestal is also gets its own compartment. So that is the discussion. That is what we uh, finish off with. That is what's written in the Tefillin of God. So we had the blessings that get, are come to the person. So the very beginning of the blessings that come to a person that waits for his friend to finish davening before leaving the shul. Then we had a whole discussion about demons. Then we talked about um, the significance of a shul, the significance of praying in a synagogue. Then we talked about where we can find God, where God's divine presence is found. Obviously, God is found everywhere, but there's a stronger manifestation of the divine, refers, or, you know, or the actual shechina, the divine presence. Where can that be found? Um, obviously, that re is a, that requires a lot more elaboration as well. Um, <clears throat> and then we talked about God's tefillin. And I believe that God's tefillin took up the last part of the uh, discussion for today. Have a uh, wonderful day. Thanks so much to everyone that came out last night. It was a great evening. Um, we reviewed the four pages that we had, the four daf, double-sided pages that we had already done. And then we did something, uh, we had a crucial discussion all about halachic time and many of its ramifications, which is so important going forward, which was actually so important going backward and is relevant to our daily halachic lives. Have a wonderful day.